0: Ed Mooney. Mr. Mooney is with the Communications Workers for America, the CWA. You're all familiar with them. He's vice president for the Mid-Atlantic Region. And the CWA, by the way, they represent about 38,000 workers in states like Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, our district, uh, Washington, D.C., Virginia, and West Virginia. More than a pleasure to have have Mr. Ed Mooney, vice president for the Mid-Atlantic Region of the CWA, joining us. Good afternoon, Mr. Mooney. Thank you for being with us.
1: Good afternoon, Leslie. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, a lot of people have been watching, and not just because Bernie Sanders joined people striking uh, in New York, uh, but there are people that um, are watching, um, whether they are customers or not, because this is an election year. A lot of people out there are hard workers, and they care about what other individuals in the majority class, working class, are going through. Let's talk about workers that work for a company called Verizon. These people are striking. Let's talk about, first of all, uh, the workers, how many people involved, uh, What they're, uh, why they're striking, what Verizon is not giving them that they should.
1: So there are um, 39,000 active employees who are on strike and also 80,000 retirees across the Northeast who are impacted by these negotiations. Um, and for us, the bottom line comes down to jobs. Um, as As Verizon cuts over from a copper network providing mostly telephone service to a fiber network providing voice data video and even uh, other services Um, the transition of that network still is able to keep good paying middle class jobs here in the United States in this northeast corridor and that's what we've been working through with the company over the last several years and we're looking to continue that transition in these negotiations.
0: Now, I am in California, but I'm originally from Massachusetts. So that home state of mine is uh, part of uh, the strike where 40,000 workers started approximately 6 a.m. yesterday on Wednesday. And here's another thing. You guys have been more than patient. I mean, this has been going on, what, 10 months, the better part of a year now?
1: Yeah, we've been bargaining for 10 months, and uh, the previous negotiations took 18 months, including a two-week strike. Um, And it seems to us both of these negotiations have been under the same – management structure the negotiations brief before that had different people in management in charge of these negotiations and apparently this is the tack that this uh... group of managers wants to take uh... the last time around we struck immediately and then uh... after two weeks we came to an agreement to go back to work it ended up taking us thirteen more months to get a contract with the help of federal mediation uh... this time around at the expiration of the contract we decided we would work without a a contract and have been working without one since August, um, you know, and it was only after the union had addressed the company's major concerns, which was the cost of health care and ways to get some senior employees off the payroll. Um, and we uh, addressed those concerns, we think, um, substantially. And then we were looking for the uh, return on that move from the company, and it became clear to us uh, after that 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 wasn't going to happen, which led to this strike.
0: You know what I can't wrap my head around, uh, Mr. Mooney, is this is an election year. Where people, whether they're Democrat or Republican, all agree that we have a problem with uh, a disparity in wages, income inequality. How come these companies have record profits and, you know, people can't get, you know, 15 bucks an hour for minimum wage? Uh, the list goes on. So in other words, this is, you know, 40,000 people. Um, this is certainly the largest work stoppage in the country in recent years. And in an election year, you got the cameras rolling and the lights going. So there's even more attention uh, that is being shed to this, uh, which is a good thing. For the workers, but I don't understand why the corporations. When you look at Verizon, okay, and, and you can Google this. You, you don't have to be, you know, watching, you know, Bloomberg and C-SPAN 24/7. This is a company that has made record profits. Now let's talk about those record profits. 39 billion. That's what they be uh, in just the past three years, and they don't want to give back to the people that make that possible. When a company makes record profits, we all know it's not from the guy sitting at the top in the chair with seven golden parachutes. It's from all those hard workers uh, that are busting their butt nine to five and then some uh, Monday through Friday and even even on the weekends. Night, so this, weekend, this is what holiday. I – this is this – is, to me, it's sort of like, okay, if you want to look up stupidity in the dictionary, Verizon and the CEOs of this company should be pictured next to that. Are you surprised um, at their lack of the reaction when you're seeing the reaction from the nation right now in this election year over
1: this? Well – you know we're not we're not surprised at the company's reaction we're not surprised with the reaction from the general public we we've been surprised with their position at the bargaining table because you know they're they're old they're still trying to trot out these old tired arguments that you know it's the union who isn't willing to change the last round of negotiations we saved the company over a billion dollars in changes in these contracts this round of negotiations in healthcare alone between the north uh, you know in New York and New England and the mid-Atlantic states where I'm responsible for uh, with the CWA and the IBW and these negotiations, we've offered the company over a half a billion dollars in health care savings just by being more efficient with the health care plans without harming any members, okay? Um, and it, it just, it's not enough. That's their, it seems to be it, nothing is ever enough for them. So, you know, we, we were not surprised by the reaction and the support we're getting from the general public, and uh, we continue to be baffled by the company's actions at the bargaining table, uh, you know, for instance, in their statement after we went on strike, they uh, put a statement out and said that they, uh, it was regrettable that the unions had chosen to go on strike. Well, you know, if it's regrettable, the power is completely within their control to get back to the bargaining table, which they haven't yet, in spite of our every five or six hours or so sending them an email saying, hey, we're still here, ready to be at the table. Are you guys ready to come back? Um, so apparently the only thing they regret is that they didn't get what they wanted. And their refusal to negotiate um, to a, to an agreement here by you know addressing the union's concerns after the union addressed their concerns, um, I think what's regrettable is they didn't get what they wanted. So.
0: And, and and also again Verizon is nothing without not only its workers but its customers obviously right. and I'm telling you I mean I can't today when I was waiting to go on television in the green room and you have people of all different uh, political backgrounds uh, and personalities and almost everybody you know in that room was either like well I was switching from at and t you're going to go to Verizon, not going to do that. Have Verizon, got to get out. This doesn't stop. I'm going to switch from Verizon. And even some people who would not necessarily be banging the pro-union drum, and the reason that I say that is when we break down what Verizon has done, and specifically the executives of Verizon, they've been pushing to offshore more jobs to countries like the Philippines, uh, Mexico, other countries. As a matter of fact, they've already moved 5,000 jobs overseas. Uh, In addition to that, they outsource the work to low-wage contractors. They transfer workers away from their families for months at a time. And, and talk to us about their failure to meet the pledges they've made to expand FIAS Broadband to millions of customers. In other To me, this is a lose-lose for Verizon. If they don't sit down at that table and do something, it's losing not only with their employees, but they're going to lose overall with the customers.
1: All right. And and you know what? First, let me apologize uh, on behalf of the, all the members of the CWA and the IBW to the customers for them to have to go through this inconvenience. This is not what we wanted. Um, it is the last thing we want because we're, we are programmed. I have been a Verizon employee for 28 years, and I am programmed to be there, rain or shine, day or night. Uh, to make sure these networks get installed and also stay running. But I, uh, I want to be – and,
0: and, and, Mr. Moody, I want to be clear. Every single person I've spoken to, and I feel this way as well, nobody is mad at the workers. I haven't heard one person mad at the workers. They're mad at Verizon. They're mad right. at the corporation. They're mad at the CEOs.
1: Yeah, and we, and we can't figure it out. I mean, and, and internally, while we are working, the company continues to orchestrate a war on their workers – with the environments that we work in right? right excessive monitoring in the call centers excessive discipline for nitpicking and minute issues you know following technicians around with all kinds of technology wanting to know where you are at every minute of every day at every customer, or how far along you are in a job i mean it's it's become so oppressive um you're mentioning of the you know the uh, work that's going overseas which they deny by the way uh that it's going there um but we know for a fact it is they've acknowledged it before. And, you know, what, what we're thinking, maybe they went overseas and seen the deplorable conditions of those employees working over there and decided they could come back here and try to begin imploring those uh, working conditions here. And obviously we're not going to stand for that, not in a union environment or any environment here in this country.
0: They have been, Verizon has been cutting vital staff. Now they have, what, approximately 40% fewer workers than they did uh, 10 years ago. Um, Does this also, uh, you know, put, I would imagine, uh, incredible uh, pressure uh, on the employees because there's not the necessary personnel to properly roll out the service and the promises that they've made, especially with these promised FIOS lines?
1: Yep, and the understaffing and the pressuring, forcing employees to work overtime for excessive periods of time, forcing employees to come in and work on holidays where they have no time with their families and you know if you look at every one of the issues the unions concerned about here these are quality of life issues number 1 the work that is generated by the customer base of this company we believe should be returned that investment should be returned to the local communities where the work is being generated from so if you're generating your customer base in the northeast we believe the work should be returned to employees in the northeast and that's where the call center should be located that's where the work should be done obviously the technicians have to be there to do it because that's not movable um and you know they they just don't agree with that either and if we continue doing that if they would work with their employees and with the union to accomplish this transition from copper to fiber we would be successful right and where we have tried to work together we have been successful but then their their cooperation stops and we end up in situations like this
0: There have also been closings of call centers, uh, you know, hanging up on wireless workers. And, and of course, we talked about offshoring good jobs out out of state assignments. Let's talk about some of these. Let's talk about the call center closings and uh, also just some of the um, beyond overreach and micromanagement of individuals with regard to workers and them doing their jobs, trying to do their jobs on a daily basis. Right.
1: So just in the mid-Atlantic states alone, the centers they're proposing to transfer employees from, and then they couch it by saying, well, nobody will lose their job. Well, no, but they're going to transfer them 75 miles one way per day. That's an additional 150. You know, you have a 150-mile commute. Many people can't sustain that and sustain their family lives. And there's no need for it because the volume of work that's being generated, even by the commitments in this current contract, calls for an additional 680 employees to be hired in those call centers. If you if you break out those numbers into the call centers they're claiming have low numbers, the centers become fully populated, fully staffed, and it's a viable center. And they own the majority of the buildings they're claiming they want to move people out of. So it doesn't make any sense. They're not going to move out of there. In some cases, they're moving a handful of people, and there are other people left in the building. Right? So... Is another thing we just can't live with because they're going to uproot uh, several hundred families uh, and uproot children. You know, we've gone through all these exercises at the bargaining table, identified how many children are in what school and where, whether or not if they had to move the home, the other spouse that's working would be able to keep their job. So we've showed the company all this evidence and all this documentation, and it just doesn't move them off their position, even though it proves that what they're trying to do is unnecessary.
0: Hurting workers. Hurting customers. It's going to hurt themselves in their bottom line. We're looking at public support for a fair contract, and that has grown this week especially and since yesterday in the past twenty four hours. And last month, twenty U.S. Senators sent a letter to the Verizon CEO Lowell McAdam and they called on him to quote act as a responsible corporate citizen and negotiate a fair contract with the employees who make his company's success possible and live in the good life that he and his family do. We are more than uh, pleased to support you, uh, Ed, all of the workers uh, through the Communication Workers for America and the IBEW. Um, all of us know that you guys uh, aren't the bad guys here and the boogeyman, and just scratch our heads why Verizon would want to PO uh, all of their uh, workers, treat their workers this way, and their customers as well. Ed, thank you for taking the time for being with us. Thank you, Mr. Mooney.
1: Thank you, Leslie, for having me. Ed
0: Mooney. Ed Mooney. He is with the CWA, the CWA. He is vice president for the Mid-Atlantic region. And overall in this country, they represent about 38,000 workers. Like I said, Northeast, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, D.C., Virginia, and West Virginia, and beyond Massachusetts. Twitter, follow them at CWA Union. On the website, CWA-Union.org.